You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. It's the beginning of the year. Time to talk about not just professional goals, but those very important personal goals as well. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. And I'm all about helping people figure out what they want and how to get it, create strategies for attending events, figuring out the things that they need to do to make their life better, and achieve those all-important personal and professional goals. Every Monday, I go live with three friends to dive deep into the topic of the week. And today, we're talking about personal goals. And yes, we've got the resolutions. We know we want to make our professional life better. But your personal life is probably just as, if not more important. And so I brought together three of my favorite entrepreneurial powerhouse women to talk about personal goals because... That's what we do. Um, And I'm really excited because I've got with me today, Lisa Sakai, who is a bucket list planner. And we met through our friend Lisa Reed because Lisa Sakai was doing this. Let me bring a bunch of people together to interview. And I got to be one of them. So I'm glad that I get to ask the questions this time and thrilled to have you here. I also have my friend, Jen Santos. If you watched before, Jen and I went to college together. And no, we are not going to say how long. But we may jump in shorthand. I'm apologizing in advance. And I'm really psyched to have Jen here because uh, not only I know how important it is for her, the whole work-life balance thing, especially as she's building this new initiative. And Bree Seeley, who comes from the FOA, Friends of Annie Coalition. Um, and I'm really psyched because I'm going to be speaking at your event uh, doing pep talks and it's in May, and we're going to blink, and it's going to be May. Yeah, and it is. So uh, these powerhouse awesome women also know a thing or two about finding that balance. So it's going to be a great conversation. If you find yourself saying, oh, I don't have time for personal goals, let's put a pin in that. And we're going we're gonna to hopefully inspire you to find more of that work-life balance, that work-life harmony. So Lisa... I'd love for you to introduce yourself better. Uh, so please share who you are, why you're here, and why this topic is so near and dear to your heart. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate being on here. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, I do bucket list planning. I do financial planning as well. And so what does that mean? What is bucket list planning? So what I do is I work with a lot of female professionals who want to make their lives better, make the lives of their families better. And really start to dream bigger. Uh, a lot of times we don't attach any kind of real motivation to our bucket list items, to our goals. And I help them do that. And I help them put some structure and strategy around things so that they can go off and dream and we can put together that plan so that they can get to whatever that that bucket list item is, whether it's sitting on a beach in Bali or going skydiving, which would not be mine, but that is some people's. <laughs> Um, so, and so I love doing personal planning. This is to me, the heart, heart and soul of even a small business owner. We do business planning and, and personal planning alongside each other because our business is supporting our personal life. That's, that's what a small business does. So I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And I, I so agree because it's it, when your personal life is good, your professional life goes better and vice versa. So I uh, having that balance, keeping your eye on both prizes 
is so, so important. So welcome. Great to have you. Jen, great to see you. I know how much you love that whole a balance thing. But before we dive in, uh, please share who you are and anything else that's probably relevant. Sure. I'm Jen Santos. I'm the founder of the Event Tech Academy, which is a training academy and community for aspiring event tech project managers. Um, and so a couple of different things. First, I want to say, Lisa, I loved hearing what you're doing. I've met you before, but I never had a really chance to kind of get to know um, that about you. And I have to say that bucket list planning is an amazing thing to be doing. And funny that you mentioned retirement planning and personal goals, because I am building the Event Tech Academy. I consider it kind of like my retirement business. It's that entrepreneurial project that I'm take, undertaking in order to kind of build those retirement streams and the work that I can do on kind of a less aggressive basis as kind of as I'm getting older here. I mean, let's be honest, we're all getting older. Um, and so, <laughs> Jen, what did I say about words? Age reveals. Come on. Captain, Captain Obvious here. I didn't say how old I was. I just said that we're all getting older. Um, and <laughs> so I loved hearing that. And then when I think about goal setting, like come some of the goals of the academy is one for me personally is to build this retirement business. It's to help people transition out of what could be like these crazy intense jobs and bring some work-life balance to the event industry, which is something that the event industry is sorely, sorely lacking. And then also I want to help bring kind of more of a human side, more diversity, more inclusion to the event industry. And so those are kind of like my goals for building the Event Tech Academy. And it's all in service of having better balance for you, but also better balance for your students. Exactly. It's all with that whole better balance promotion in mind. Very cool. Bree, first of all, you look fabulous. Love the glasses. Okay, Thank you can you. now introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am Bree Seely. I am the entrepreneur coach. Um, in fact, I'm the top ranking entrepreneur coach on Google. Uh, I know that 88% of female entrepreneurs never surpass the six-figure mark. And my goal in my business is to help flip the statistic on its head because I believe that women deserve more. Uh, so I help female entrepreneurs become the unlimited creators of wealth in their businesses using an inside-out approach. So I combine hypnotherapy with bespoke business strategy to help women double and triple their revenue without doubling and tripling how much time they're putting in to their business. Uh, so I very much believe in alignment first, personal first, business second. Uh, so I'm super excited to be here. I had some amazing growth in my business last year by not focusing on my business, <laughs> um, by actually focusing more on my personal life, which was the first time I'd done that in possibly since I've become an entrepreneur. Um, and so I just, I really know the power of taking care of yourself and allowing your business growth to kind of come as a result of that. It's, and when, when I have the self-care conversation in the fall, I think one of the things that stuck with me is one of my guests said something like people think self-care is selfish and it isn't. It's what, it's the recover, when you have to recover from not taking care of yourself, that's when things tend to go out of whack. So we, we put ourselves first, you know, I hate the oxygen mask analogy, but it's so true. So we kind of have to use it, right? When you care for yourself, then you can create, build, etc. cetera. Awesome. Yeah. So, but let, let's first start before we dive into ways for people to like really grab those personal goals um, and move forward. Uh, let's just take a step back and talk because you, you opened the door, Brie. So thank you. Um, so last year, what do you consider? And let's think in, in terms of personal, what was your biggest personal win and personal challenge last year? And like I said, you opened the door, Brie. So do you want to get started? Happy to. Um, so last year I actually found out that I, uh, had been selected for my first TEDx talk. And it's so interesting because everyone's like, oh, did you immediately like dive into, you know, writing your talk and doing all these things? 
the first thing I did when I found out that I got it was hire a personal trainer. And part of the reason I did it was because I knew that in order for me to be at my best on that stage, I had to be at my best every day leading up to that stage. And so worked with a personal trainer on not just implementing a lifting routine into my life for the first time, because also, so I will drop ages. I'm turning 40 this year in four months. And that was my 39th and a half birthday was the day I was on the TEDx stage. And I was like, you know what? I want to stand on that stage and look hot. Like I want to stand on that stage and look the best I've ever looked, feel the best I've ever felt, like be the best me that I've ever been because why not? So I started a lifting routine. Uh, She helped me start counting my macros and really identifying, you know, what to eat and how to take care of my body in a way that I never had before. And, you know, I was able to get up on that stage and just feel really great. So that I feel like was a huge personal win for me was that I took my health seriously in a way that I never had before. And also a huge challenge because I was implementing new habits, new routines. I had a lot of resistance leading up to it. She wanted me to do some things that I was like, I'm not doing that. Like taking photos of my body and like bicycle shorts and like a a tube top or something. And I was like, ew, I don't, uh." like she pushed my edges as well, right? Like committing to personal growth is not rainbows and puppies and sunshine all the time. It's also just as difficult. So I would say that that's my combo of greatest, you know, proudest moment and also challenge in personal, personal goals last year. That's really fabulous. And I have to, first of all, where my gold stars. Um, but I did that when my book was coming out. So I went on a health kick um, in the fall of 2019 because I knew when my book came out, I was going to want to take, a, I was going to want to be happy with the pictures. and. One of the blessings from that, because you never know, is I started falling in love with cooking and could I have made it through the last three years without loving cooking? No. So I, it's great example. I love that that your first thing with the TEDx talk was to get in shape so you would love everything about it. And do you have the link? Is it up yet? It's not up yet. It's coming. Uh, I know. So if anyone wants it later, just feel free to connect with me on one of the platforms. And believe me, I will be putting it everywhere. I have very big goals around it being seen by a lot of people. So um, amazing. I don't know when it's going up. Well, and if you go to thedevmethod.com slash blog, the recap to this will be on there. And as soon as the TED Talk goes up, I will add the link to the replay as well. So Lisa, what was your big help win or personal win slash challenge last year? Uh, you know, I think it was realizing that I was letting the business run me and I wasn't running the business anymore. Um, I was doing a lot of, you know, I built when we build a business um, and particularly in my case, I did a lot of networking and I was out till you know, I was leaving at seven in the morning to working thing back like eight night. I was doing email, it was me on the weekends, you know, you do whatever you can do to build a business. Well, that was um, 12 years ago. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing that anymore. And I realized I was still doing some of those habits that I, I didn't like, like first thing, you know, at nine o'clock at night, returning an email to a client. They don't need to hear from me at nine o'clock at night. They don't. They wrote me because that was when they thought about it and they don't expect to hear from me until the next morning. And I think starting to really realize that I controlled that I controlled the expectations. I controlled a lot of that stuff and just taking that time to um, center myself before I started the day, not jumping on emails the first thing in the morning. That was a big one for me because usually I would just jump in and start emailing everybody back. And I didn't. I took the first hour for business development. Um, and I started that about halfway through the year. And it's the best part of my day because then I'm in, a, I'm in a much better mood, honestly, for clients. And I'm much more open and I'm much more in the zone for them than I am if I just jump on everything first thing in the morning to take care of them. So it by by realizing that I wasn't helping them by being like that, it also helped me because it stopped me from stressing myself out completely the first thing in the morning 
and doing things late at night that I shouldn't be doing. I was talking to a friend of mine, a networking friend of mine, and she said, people don't realize no no good decision happens after nine o'clock at night. I was like, you're right. No good decision happens after nine. Like nobody should make making financial decisions after nine o'clock at night. That's probably not a good time. So, so, uh, you know, I kind of kept that under my wing and I say that to clients now and they're like, oh, that's true. I shouldn't be thinking about this now. I should just be enjoying my time with my family and hopefully that's helping other people too. So that's probably the biggest win. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I love the boundary conversation because you're absolutely right. And I, I get emails, late emails all the time. And unless it's really important, they don't hear from me till the next day. And as I think as time goes on, I make my cutoff time for replying to emails earlier and earlier because it's all about that balance and also teaching people when they will hear from you. Yeah. Super important. And and we're going to go to Jen, who's what your five hours Later, I'm five hours ahead of you. Yeah, ahead I of me. So nine o'clock at night is well. It's nine o'clock at night, isn't it? Yeah, it's nine. <laughs> it's not going on nine twenty here right now. So yeah, yeah. So um, so before you answer same question, how do you navigate the fact that your time zone is so drastically different from the rest? Um, of you? Well, not the rest of us, but for most of your clients, I would imagine. For most of my clients, most of my clients are West Coast US. Yeah. And so the way I navigate that is um, historically what I've done, and I'm kind of moving away from that, but this is what I did for the first several years. I lived down in Brazil, Brazil at the time, or right now. And um, I just kind of adapted to working US West Coast hours because that was just the reality of my situation, which means I like to say I sleep like a teenager, I get up super late, go to bed super late. My husband's he's a musician, so it's kind of not the end of the world that those are the hours that we keep. Um, and that is historically what I've done. And then the last about year and a half, I've stepped away from having quite as much work with my West Coast clients. I have more East Coast clients now. I've had some European clients recently. And so what I do is I've just sort of like, I've kind of like backed my day up. So I'm closer to like US East Coast hours now. And then I really, I mean, I just kind of dip in and out through the day, which still kind of works for me. Like I'll work for a couple hours in the morning. I may take a break for a while. I'll come back at it for a couple more hours. And then sometimes I will actually do a late night session, but it's because I want to. And it's not because I think my clients need a response. It's because, you know what, like it's quiet here right now. I'm awake (laughs) right now, but it's the time that works for me. And it's not because my clients are expecting a response. And sometimes depending on who I'm emailing, I'll even use like a send later functionality. So they don't get it because I know the personalities of my clients. And if I'm sending an email that's going to get into their inbox at 7 p.m., I know that they're going to respond to it. And I don't necessarily want or need them to. So I might actually, depending on the person, time the email so it shows up during their business hours. So you found a way to work it in, yeah. as Lisa was talking about, you're running your business, your business isn't running you, and you're finding yes. that balance. And did you want to answer the personal um, wins and challenges from last year question? <laughs> sure. I was like, don't ask me that at the beginning. And then I kind of worked through it. So um, <laughs> you're welcome. Well, because of the Midway through 2021, I stepped away from my job. I was completely burned out. I was not living my values. And so I spent the second part of 2021 just sort of like regrouping, kind of getting my health back. And then I entered 2022 going, okay, now I need to kind of figure out what I'm going to do here. And so I spent the first part of 2022 working on my health, developing some exercise habits. I started doing Pilates. I started doing a daily walking, again, putting my health first because if I don't have a healthy foundation. None of the rest of it matters, just like Lisa and Brie have been saying. Um, and then it hit around middle of 2022 because I was starting to feel good. I started working on the idea for the event tech Academy. I kind of jumped up the idea, figured out a structure that really makes a lot of sense, started talking to my colleagues in the industry about it. And so I ended 2022 really focused on, um, building the Academy again, in a way that supports me in my lifestyle. Awesome. And I think it was now we mentioned before we went to college together, but we've been in and out of touch probably fair the last yeah, 20 yes. years. Yes. Yeah. But 
at the beginning of last year when you were in your reconnection phase, that's how we reconnected. So yeah. I love that. I, and I frequently talk about how important it is, those networking goals, because the people you connect with, they're not necessarily, um, you never know. Where, the people you connect with aren't necessarily your clients and your resources, but all of your people know people. And the mm -hmm. more people you have, the more people you have. Yeah. And right. there's this idea too, what is it like about, and Brie probably can speak to this far better than I can, but this idea of like loose ties, right? Like it's actually, there's kind of this idea that it's actually like your second loop of people. If you kind of go out circular, they're actually more likely to help you gain business, provide referrals and that sort of thing as opposed to the people that are closer to you. So having that those loose ties are, is everything. And it's all about lifting everybody up. Brie, you looked like you were going to jump in. Oh, I was just going to piggyback off of what Jen said and say, yeah, especially, um, you know, I work with new entrepreneurs and established entrepreneurs. And especially with new entrepreneurs, they're like, okay, how do I grow my business? First thing, like, clearly it has to be like social media or it has to be, you know, a, this like great business strategy. And I'm, I'm always like, who do you know? And who do you know that knows people that you need to know? right? Like that is going to be gold when you're starting a business because you simply just don't have the no love trust factor of having, you know, hundreds of testimonials on your website yet. You will, but the way that that comes is developing no love trust through people that already know you, love you, and trust you. So yeah, I love the weak link thing and just really having those relationships in general. Like I'm not going to lie, I've had a really rough last week and it is the relationships in my life that have gotten me through. So I totally love what you guys are saying about like reconnecting with people and having those relationships because it is so important for all of us as entrepreneurs to have even non-business relationships that can like just really help nourish our souls. Well, first of all, I love that you call it no love trust because most people call it no like trust. So thank you for amping that one up. Uh, the second thing which you dove into is when I talk, well, when I do my goal setting workshops and when I do my pep talks, it starts with the networking. Okay, let's all meet each other because you don't know who is here, who may be your first or may they know those second degree, third degree connections who can get you for your next step. But the other thing that I love about networking is I can never categorize it. Because it's important for the personal and professional relationship development. So let's, what is your favorite networking activity um, and your best networking tip? Lisa, want to start us? Goodness, that was, that's a difficult one. <laughs> um, best, I guess best networking tip is to continue to follow up with people you've already talked to, especially those that you had a really good connection with. Um, because A, you just never know when an opportunity is going to come up for them that they can refer you or bring you up. But B, to me, it's kind of a waste, right? You do a one-to-one -one with somebody and you have a conversation and it's really good. And then you guys go off into the distance and it was like, what, what was the point? Like, if you're not going to grow that relationship, it's almost pointless, right? Because then it was a little insincere, I guess, in, in, in many respects. So I would say for those people that you really want to develop relationships with, don't wait for them to follow up with you. Put it on your calendar, follow up with them, see how they're doing, send them an article that they think you think that they would think is funny or, you know, something like that. It's, it's those relationships will you know, like Bree said, we'll get you through some rough times in your business that sometimes maybe other business owners don't understand, you know, they just, they don't. Um, so that, I guess that would be my number one tip is if you're going to network, don't, don't waste time by just meeting everybody to meet people really build on those relationships that you want to build on. And then what was the other question? Challenge? What is, no, what is your favorite activity for okay. networking? I like, everybody hates them now, but I actually like online networking. I feel like I get to meet people across the country versus somebody just in my little town here. 
And I like that. I mean, like Deborah, I haven't met you in person, person, but I feel like I know you because we've met each other and we've been on things together. And I feel like it's opened up a whole world of being able to connect with people across the country that have different ideas than you. You know, sometimes when you network, like I networked in Orange County, we mentioned Lisa Reed, she's a big networker out there. I've known her for, I think, 11 years or something like that because of networking. And when you only network in your little circle there, it can get very repetitive and it can also feel you don't really grow from that sometimes. And sometimes when you meet people from different parts of the country, they have a different way of doing things. There's a different company type culture out in New Jersey versus Orange County, California or something like that. So that's, I do like online networking. I know, I know a lot of people don't like it now because it got up for use, but that is actually my, my favorite form of it. It is my favorite as well. And um, we met because Lisa recommended me. We had a conversation. We were on a show together and mm-hmm. then you said, Hey Deb, let's actually talk. And we had another conversation. So mm-hmm. you, you practice what you say, which I think especially as entrepreneurs is don't just do the things you tell or do as I do. Right. Yeah. And, and so, try to be the model before, before I tell other people to do it. So mm-hmm. and most of the people who I've had on the show are Jen Santos is an example of someone I know in real life or in person, but most of the, if I think about most of the guests that I've had on, they're people that I've met through networking and developed through this online relationships, including Brie, who I met through Annie, who I also, we met through a networking thing, but we didn't meet at the event, but she followed up and we became friends that way. So Brie, what is your favorite networking activity and your best networking tip? Uh, so my best tip is, I, so I actually used to run an unnetworking company in Los Angeles. Uh, we were in existence, I think, from about 2015 to 2017. And our whole thing, we hosted four events a month uh, all over LA. And the whole point and purpose was, if you went to the, our events, you were not allowed to ask someone, so what do you do? Like, yeah, Lisa was just mouthing it along with me. You knew exactly what I was going to say. No one likes that question, and yet everyone still uses it and asks it. And what happens is, so you meet someone and they're like, oh, I'm an accountant. And your brain immediately goes like, oh, I already have an accountant. And like, I don't, I don't really need to know this person. So like, nice to meet you. Bye. Um, and I've literally, I've had people do that to me at networking events before. And it just is terrible. It feels terrible. Clearly, you're there for transactions, not for relationships. So My favorite way to network is to get to know the human and not their job title because their job title says nothing about who they are, what they're passionate about, how they show up in the world. Like it says nothing about them. Um, And then I have come up with my own, like when people are like, oh, so what do you do? I don't respond with, oh, I'm the entrepreneur coach. I respond with, oh, well, I help, you know, I use my like USP over my job title. So that's my favorite kind of, I guess, tip. And then my favorite way to network, I am actually, no one ever believes this about me, um, but I am a huge introvert. I don't really like leaving my house and I have really bad name anxiety. And so the idea of going into an event where I don't really know anyone and I have to approach people, like it sends me into panic spirals. So I really honestly prefer either direct introductions Or I have no problem reaching out to people as well and just saying hello and then having some sort of one-on-one conversation, communication, whatever. I will tell you it takes a lot more time and a lot more energy, but also you actually walk out with relationships with people that you care about rather than just a stack of business cards sitting in your desk for years that you find when you're moving, you know, in a decade or whatever. (laughs) And again, rehearsal and professional goals right? Because the relationships elevate you. I want to do a quick shout out to our friend, Annie P. Ruggles, who's joined us. She wrote, I'm super late, but I'm finally here representing the Bree Seeley Super Fan Club. <laughs> awesome. Glad to have you here. And we also have Pamela Barraway, who's here, um, who basically said, loving this discussion, self-care is vital. So 
a belated shout out to Pam, current shout out to Annie. And if you are tuning in and want to share what your your best uh, networking tip is or your favorite place to network or even your best way to choose yourself and your personal goals, feel free to chime in in the in the comments in Pam said, OMG, the business cards. I was speaking at an event and I told someone asked me, what do you do with the shoebox business cards? And I said, throw them out because you are never going to look at them or go through them once, pick out five, everything else goes away. I don't even have business cards anymore. Like, so I lived in Manhattan before and people don't use business cards in Manhattan. And then I moved to Tulsa and everyone's like, oh, do you have a business card? And every single time I'm like, no, I like, I don't, I'm, I'm very much like, let's just put a call on the calendar. I don't need your card. Like, just give me like, let's pick a date and put a call on the calendar. And it's way more effective. And then you don't end up with the garbage. You don't look at a card and say, where did I meet this person? I don't know who they are. Like, it's just way more effective. I completely agree. And especially with online networking, you can meet people and connect on LinkedIn right away. Always connect with a note. And in the recap, I'm going to put everybody on the panels, LinkedIn, please reach out and connect with a note. So Jen, what is your best networking tip and your favorite way to network? Sure. So before I answer that, I want to speak to something that Bree said about how her unnetworking company where they weren't allowed to say, what do you do? And I would love that because actually that is really, really rude to do down here in Brazil. You just don't. Like you do not ask somebody what they do. Everything is about they have good energy, they have bad energy, they're a good person, they're I won't say bad person, but like you read the person and you read the human for who they are, and you don't but like I know a ton of people here and none of them have any idea what I do. And I'm actually perfectly okay with that. I've gotten to know them as people. I don't know what they do either, and it really doesn't matter. And so I really like the idea of connecting as a human, but as massive introvert. And really being really bad at small talk, that does give me terrible anxiety. The idea of having to go into a networking group without being able to ask that question, which gets me to how do I like to network? And so I'm definitely also an online, like small group, stick me in a one-on-one, stick me in like a speed chat scenario where I can get to know somebody. Um, And they give me a chance to follow up kind of like what Lisa was saying is like, give me a chance to have a one-on-one conversation. I would much rather have a five, 10, 15 hour long conversation with somebody if the conversation's going well. Actually, the first time Dev and I ever went to dinner, it was three hours and Pizzeria Uno had to kick us out because we just went and went and went. Um, So they really did. They switched servers. They couldn't get rid of us. We just kept That was really funny. Um, <laughs> but I would much I would love to like to have these one-on-one conversations. And my favorite place to do it actually is just because I am in Brazil with all the time zone differences. I'm really a big fan of LinkedIn these days. Like connect somebody, follow with somebody, comment on their stuff, create a connection request, you know, s- slide into their DMs in a non-slimy way and start a conversation there. And then from there get onto a call. And I really, really enjoy doing that. First of all, I totally need Uno's steak and cheese pizza now. Thanks, Jen. I'm going to be hungry the entire conversation. And I remember that as vividly as you do, which is hilarious. Um, And because we can no longer, well, there are people I've heard are out networking and sharing meals in public, but because that's not the standard anymore, right? to find ways to connect, but also to use those personal connections to elevate. Um, and before we we wander off of the networking, do any of you have a good um, networking story as it relates to elevating your personal goals? And I have crickets. Which is fine. Well, and Jen, you 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 can pass because you just <laughs> a really good one that just coincidentally happened to involve me. How about you, Lisa? I, I mean, I have one. I don't know if it's elevating, elevating <laughs> the story, but you know, I have I have one and what not to do and how not network for sure. Uh, that works for me too. Yeah. So it was my first year in the industry, and I 
Um, I went to a networking group. I too am an introvert. I don't, I don't like going into huge groups and not knowing people. I usually find the one person that's standing off on the side and talk to them because I figure they're, they're just as afraid as I am. That's why they're standing off to the side. So, um, but essentially I went to a networking event and I, I got, it was one of these ones where people were taking cards and stuff. And I generally don't like giving out my cards to people who didn't actually ask for it or that we didn't want to connect in some respect. Um, but this lady got my card and she wrote this beautiful note and mailed it to my office. And I was like, Oh, that's nice. And so I, I emailed her, we got some time together and we sat down and it was the first year of my business. So I was not making millions of dollars. I was barely making anything at that point. And uh, my husband was out of work at that point. And she knew this because we were having this conversation and she went into selling her product um, and telling me how I needed to get rid of all of my other facial products and I needed to use hers. And I said, well, you know, I'll, I'll consider you when I'm done with, with what I have now. Thank you so much. And, um, she kind of sat back, crossed her arms and said, well, you can tell me what you do, but I already have a financial planner. <gasps> yeah. And I'd driven 30 minutes to go meet her. So, Ouch. yeah. And so I, you know, in Orange County, that's, that's not that far, but 30 minutes is a lot, <laughs> you know, 30 minutes is like five miles, but still, <laughs> it still took time. So I, you know, it was one of those, it went right back to what Bree said, which is the label, right? Financial planner. I have somebody, I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk to you about my money. You must be money. You know, this is what I hear all the time. Right. And so um, bucket list planning is part of the way of getting around that. Because people are so focused on that emotion that comes along with the title that they're not thinking about the actual result that we're supposed to be helping you get, which is living your best life, living the life you love. That's what a financial planner is supposed to be helping you with. And they forget that. So it's it's amazing how and she's and I've seen her at other events and stuff. She's I think she's moved out of the state at that point, but it's, it's just one of those things I was like, wow. And she just didn't even remember me after that conversation either, which was kind of interesting, but it's just, you know, how not to handle that. Cause I will always tell that story. Cause that was, that was an, imp- that was the worst. I think that's probably the worst one to one I've ever had. So. And she made you drive in California for that. Yeah. 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 That, that's just not okay you know, it makes you feel like an object, right? That all you are good for is to either A, give them money or B, try to sell your product. I guess that was the thing that hurt my feelings the most was she just assumed I was trying to sell her a product as well. And I hadn't done anything to elicit that. I, I hadn't even reached out to her initially. So it just, I don't know, it kind of hurt my my feelings a bit that that's how she perceived I would be. Um, without even knowing me. So I, I would guess Brie would have something to, to say on this. My reaction is she she was selling to you, so she couldn't see beyond. No. That's right. That, that's exactly where my mind went too, is like, well, that's what she knows is yeah. was pitching to you. So she just assumed that that's what you were then going yeah. to do back to her. And I mean, honestly, part of why I loved unnetworking and why I love getting to know people. I had a networking call with a woman today and we barely even talked about business or anything. And now um, Tulsa is a little different than the rest of the world, Deb. So I I hate to shock you, but we're going for an in-person happy hour on Thursday. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah. No, you still very in-person. I'm not against other people going out. It's still very in-person in Tulsa. I don't know if it ever wasn't in-person in Tulsa. I think everything closed for maybe like a month, like three years ago. That's it. So, um, but anyway, so we had a really great conversation today and now we're having happy hour on Thursday. You know, like um, a friend just connected me with a great woman uh, who I'm not her client demographic or anything. And we met and her and her significant other and my and my significant other went and had a three hour dinner last night. In fact, we were there. I went, as you guys were saying that, I was like, oh, that just happened to me last night. They were like, hi, we're closing. Can you please get out? 
Like, I don't know there. And I know that this woman has my back and we've only met in person three times, but it's because we've developed that like personal connection and personal relationship. And I don't know, I'd rather have 10 people that I know have my back and would go to bat for me in any situation on a personal or professional level than to have a million people that are just kind of like on the surface and ignore my emails or texts when I send Mm -hmm. them, you know? So I think it's, it's just also a different approach that is a little more authentic, a little deeper, and honestly, quite different from how business has been done in the past, right? Before it was like, oh, it's just business. It's not personal. All of our businesses, all four of us, all of our businesses are very personal. And so, you know, it's just, it's a new era of business where I lead with my heart. I lead with connection. I lead with asking questions and caring about the other people and wanting to build, you know, knowing what's going on in their life and asking them later how I can, you know, a woman I met three months ago, I'm getting ready to text her today and be like, hey, what events do you have coming up and how can I support you? You know, it's just, it's a whole different approach to business. And and frankly, you know, like I said at the beginning of my introduction, um, focusing on that, business still gets done. And it gets done, I've found, in even greater quantities than otherwise, if you go straight to business. It's just feels very transactional. And then there's, I find a lot more resistance, like Lisa illustrated with her story, versus, you know, people are are sending you genuine referrals because they know you and they love you and they trust you. Uh, And when we met, it was basically, you said, okay, Annie decided we should be friends. Okay, let's talk. And we were like automatically friends. Pretty much. But, but that's, that's the way we work, right? You meet these people and you've got the, the categories of who are the people that will come to bat to me and who can I help? And it, maybe it's the same people. Maybe it isn't the same people. But when you have your tribe, it enriches your personal life, which enriches your professional life. See how I kind of leaned us back in? Um, Jen, anything else to share on this topic? <laughs> I actually don't think so. I think I'm done. Okay. Well, you kicked off this tangent, so feel free. I also want to, um, because this will automatically become an episode of the Dev Show podcast, so this comment from Annie, um, I want to share the best networking in the world is to host an interview show, even for introverts, because all you have to do is sit back and listen. Deb's just smart enough to bond with three folks at a time, very efficient. Well, goal setting and productivity, but also because I like to bring people together who I think would benefit from knowing each other. So it's win-win. Nothing brings me more joy than seeing other people that I've interviewed on a show together interview each other on their shows. It's just nice because it is, it's spreading that love and it's sharing the support of each other because when we're talking personal goals is that how do we create create the scaffolding to elevate ourselves and elevate others anyway so personal goals what are you i'm not going to say are you open i would love for you all to share one of your personal goals for the year and then we're going to start gifting goals to our audience so Jen, what is your personal goal for the year? My personal goal for the year is to, in addition to my Pilates and walking routines I started last year, is I want to get back into a strength training habit. I had one many, many moons ago. I let it go when I moved to Brazil. I now have kettlebells gathering dust over here. And it is time to ungather the dust and start using them again. So my goal is to develop a consistent strength habit. Love it. And Brie? I just had to look over my vision for this year because I was like, I don't, did I put any personal goals in my vision? Um, it's So it's it's kind of interesting. Mine honestly is a little boring because, you know, I started some really great like goals, habits, routines last year. and. 
my goal for this year, frankly, is just to continue being consistent with them because I find that, you know, we have all these lofty things of like starting all this new stuff all the time. And the truth is the change comes through consistency and through my word for the year, which is momentum. So I am excited. I'm continuing on with my strength training this year with, you guys have probably seen 100 ounces of water a day, um, tracking my macros, making sure that, uh, you know, I'm cooking and eating healthy things and and just staying on track with that. So mine's a little boring, consistency and uh, and momentum. First of all, not boring. <laughs> and uh, the people who know me know I talk goals year round. So I amp it up a little bit at the beginning of the year because everybody else is amping it up at the beginning of the year. But I think uh, consistency with goals you've already started, with the habits you've already started is wonderful. I Have you gotten a gold star yet, this conversation? I mean, seriously, acknowledging and staying consistent is huge. And, and I love that momentum is your word of the year. And don't think we won't come back to that one, that question, Jen and Lisa. Uh, so Lisa, do you have a professional, uh, personal goal this year that you'd like to share? I think I have quite a few. One was, um, so one thing I had to kind of get over when I was doing goals um, last year and getting through some, some changes I was making personally and professionally, um, you know, again, not having the business run me, but I was running it. And the same thing with my life. I needed to run my life and not have other people run it. Right. So that was kind of my, I didn't really realize that that's what I was doing until it was reflecting on last year. I was like, oh, that's what I did last year was I tried to focus on me controlling stuff. But with, I know my personality, I tend to be a perfectionist. And so I would beat myself up when I would do meditation not the right way, or I wouldn't do yoga 20 minutes a day or something like that. So I found that if I bite, if I do bite size things, like I just started doing, um, I wanted to start doing some yoga and get, get stronger in that way. But I wasn't making time for 20 minutes a day. I just wasn't, but I wasn't making time for five minutes a day. And so I do a strength training routine in the morning of five minutes and I do yoga for five minutes. And so by stacking them together, it makes it easier to do it. Cause I'm already, I'm already on the yoga mat doing the strength training. I'm going to do the five minutes of yoga too. Um, and so yoga is one of them. Um, another one is doing some meditation, but I actually don't even call it meditation because I almost feel like meditation puts a label of what you're supposed to do in that time. So I just call it moments of silence. And I just take 10 minutes while I'm drinking my coffee in the morning and I just zone out and I focus on my breathing and that's it. That's what I do. And so that I want to keep going because it does keep me calmer during the day and it gives me a second to reflect. And it's funny, I come up with my best ideas for marketing or an email I'm going to write or something. Yeah, I come up with that, even though I'm not thinking about that, I seem to come up with those ideas right, excuse me, right afterwards. Um, so that's kind of my big one is keeping those moments of silence in place. I love bite-sized pieces. Because if if that's what you can do, you do them. Yeah. So I think finding the workaround that works for you is amazing. Do mm-hmm. you have a word or a phrase of the year? I do. I'm, I'm just going to add on really quickly too, especially when it comes to financial, because I know that this is a big resolution time to do financial, you know, be better financially and things like that. Do I call them baby steps? Little tiny things that you can incorporate in your life will make a huge impact for you financially. So don't say, I'm going to put together this huge budget and it's going to be perfect. Maybe just look at your credit card bill like once a week for like two to three minutes and just observe what you bought. That might be more substantial for you in the long run. So just just FYI for the baby step thing, it, it works throughout all that, but especially with those big goals that people have. I, I think breaking it down is really important. So anyhow, so my word for 2023 is abundance. Um, I've never been, I've always been one to give a lot and I've never been one that likes to receive very much. 
because I don't like the attention on me because I'm an introvert, just like, <laughs> so I don't love the attention on myself. So I figure abundance is a good word because you have to be somewhat in the limelight, somewhat present in order to have abundance in your life. So that's a good one. I like it. Jen, you, word for the year. Um, I didn't actually have one until about 90 seconds ago. And uh, now my word for the year, though, thinking about it, I'm like, well, kind of like, what is the overarching theme of what I'm trying to do? Right. And there's like a lot of newness, a lot of change. I'm like, it's curiosity. I don't have all the answers. I need to be testing. I need to be experimenting, find what works for me. And so just staying in that beginner's mindset, I think is how I'm going to get through and not get overwhelmed. Like, for example, I was playing with chat GPT over the weekend and like the new AI technology. Right. And I was like, I don't know how this works. I need to figure this out. I'm like, no, I don't need to figure anything out. I could just sit here and play with it and have fun and see what happens. And then next thing I know, six hours pass. <laughs> so but like, like, you know, so like the curiosity mindset, I think is really, really important when you're trying to learn something new, establish a new habit. And so curiosity is my word for 2023. Thank you for having me. I love me. it. Get one. Wait, I'm sorry. I said, thank you for making me have one. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. This is, this is to help us all and us all. And if you're, if you're tuning in live or the replay and you want to share your word of the year in the comments, please feel free. And again, you can go to the devmethod.com slash blog with, for the recap and also the link so you can connect and learn more about my amazing guests. And the other thing you can get on the recap is the goals that I am now going to ask our guests to gift. So I would love for you each to gift a personal goal that anybody listening or watching can do today, tonight, tomorrow to work towards their personal goals. And I have that all important balance. So Brie, do you have a goal you would like to gift? Oh man, I wish I had had time to prep for this one. Um, I would gift and, and, you know, Lisa may agree with this. Uh, I would gift our friends who are watching the ability to kind of redefine what wealth means for them um, and what success means for them. Um, I think it's just really important. A lot of us have been operating on autopilot for a long time with definitions of things like wealth and success that other people have given us or projected on us or told us our definitions without inquiring for ourselves. And I think that like truly looking within uh, my podcast is called Success Becomes Me, and it is all about redefining wealth and success and things like that for yourself. So I think that is the the goal I would gift other people is to begin doing it on your own terms this year. And in order to do it on your own terms, you've got to define it for yourself. This is fantastic. Do you have any tips for someone who to like get through that block? And figure it out. So I think I, I always like to look at, okay, where have I been? Like, what has my definition of success looked like up till this point? What am I measuring myself against? Um, and then really ask, like, does it fit me? Does it work for me? Are these even things I care about? You know, if I were to reach this, is it really truly going to fulfill me the way that I think it's going to? The majority have done hundreds of interviews on my podcast. The majority of people said, I went after all the things you're supposed to want in your life. And I got there and felt terrible and didn't even realize, like, didn't even want the things that I thought I wanted. So look back. What have you been working towards? Is that actually what you want? Does it actually fit you? And if not, um, what Jen said was incredible, that curiosity mindset, like if that's not it, you don't need to have the answer of exactly what that thing is, but be in the exploration of it, um, you know, inquire, have fun, try new things. I picked back up pottery during the pandemic because like, why not? Like, you know, just go out and explore and have fun and see what fits. I mean, listen to other people's definitions of success. What resonates with you? What doesn't? And just, I don't know, have fun along the, the journey as well. Mm, fun. So important, right? 
and a big part of, of what I do, you know, your life, your goals, your choice, but it starts by choosing yourself. And so fabulous goal. Lisa, what goal would you like to gift? Bree uh, just hit it right on the head. That's totally it. I always say money is supposed to be fun and I don't know when that stopped happening. Um, but you're so right because essentially if, if you don't, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what Bree's uh, goal gift was, but essentially I agree when I would sit with clients, they'd say all the traditional things you're supposed to say to a financial planner to be financially, um, responsible. I guess that's the word I'm trying to find. So essentially I'd hear stuff like pay off my house, save towards retirement, you know, and, and then when we'd start actually working on those goals, they never went anywhere because those weren't really their goals. Those were societal goals or things that their parents had told them that they were supposed to do or, you know, what they're supposed to do. So the thing that I would gift is if you got a goal that you wrote down, let's say it's, you know, um, buy a home, let's say is your goal, really sit down and journal out why you want that. And not just because it's security or what it's got to go really deep. If you can't go really deep on your why on it, then you probably don't really want it. Right. And, and like Bree said, you don't have to know exactly what you want and what you don't want right now, but you can't really attach a really good why to it. The motivation to actually do it dissipates because life gets hard. You know, you might think you're going to save a thousand dollars a month to your house fund and when you slip and you only save 200 or maybe nothing, or maybe you have to borrow from it, um, you know, then you start being yourself up and the road's too difficult and you just don't do it because there was no real why, no real motivation attached to it. So really sit down and figure out what your why is that feels good in your soul. I don't have a better way of putting that, but. That's that's I think you put it in a great way. Yeah, that to me is just adding exactly under what Bree said. That's that's a huge, huge part of goal setting. Amazing. And I love journaling because you can't figure things out in your head when you put it on the page. It makes such a world of difference. So, Jen, what goal would you like to gift? Um I'm going to kind of pick up what Lisa was talking about for 2023, which is like working on meditation and taking her moments of, I'm going to call them tranquility. And I know that's not the word you used. If you want to kick in, that would be great. What was it? Yeah. Silence. Moments silence. of silence. Moments yeah. of silence. Yes. So, and this idea of work-life balance. And so for a lot of us, what that means is putting this guy down, which is really hard. The phone. For those listening yes, to the podcast, it is a yes. cell phone. A phone. Thank you, Deb. <laughs> um, so it's putting your phone down and getting some distance from your phone, turning off the notifications and all that jazz. And so I think a super tactical, simple, not hashtag simple, not easy way to start, and Deb's heard me say this before, is don't bring the phone to the dinner table. That sounds, or take a picture of your food and then put the phone away. If you really need to, yes, I guess. <laughs> don't bring the phone to the dinner table if you're eating alone this is a chance to pay attention to your food if you're eating with others it is a chance to pay attention to the people you're eating with <laughs> and your food so. great goal i think that should just be like a life goal you know if you're eating uh, again take a picture of your food put the phone away there you yeah. go. My husband, husband and I just kind of by accident, we developed this. It wasn't even a rule. It's just something we don't do. Like phones do not come to the table. They never have. It was never anything we had to talk about. And like now, if like one of us needs to, right? Because things happen. You're waiting for a phone call, right? But it's like, hey, I bring in the phone to the table because of X, Y, and Z. Are you okay with that? And then it's a request permission thing as opposed to the norm. I think only good, well, I believe only good comes from disconnected. That's what, from disconnection, which is part of why I like cooking so much. Yes, I like eating, but it's the one thing I do that I can't be attached to my phone. And again, food. So it's win-win. It's the disconnection and the reward is the food. Anyway, 
This has been such a wonderful conversation and it always comes back to food, but nourishing just not your body, but your mind and your soul and doing the things that you need to do to have a better personal life and better balance between all of the parts of your life. So friends, uh, will you please share where people can find more and learn more about you? Lisa. Sure. So um, you can go to our website, onevisionretire.com. There's uh, blogs and resources there um, for you to check out and download and that kind of stuff. And then I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So you can always find me on LinkedIn and I'm happy to connect with anybody and start building relationships. Awesome. Thank you. And Bree, where can people find you? My website is my name, breeseely.com. And you're welcome to follow me on LinkedIn. The best place if you actually want to talk to me is actually Instagram. So my Instagram is breeseely as well. Um, And then I also, my second Instagram handle is success becomes me, which is also my podcast and the conference, which is coming up in May. So yay. Awesome. Thank you. And Jen, where can people find you? Sure. So you can find out more about my academy at eventtechacademy.com. And then if you want to connect with me personally, I um, kind of live over on LinkedIn and you can connect with me there. Send me a connection request and I would love to chat and get to know you better. The relationship, as Lisa said. Excellent. So we have all these networking goals wrapped inside the personal goals. And I am at the Deb Method everywhere. If you go to thedebmethod.com slash blog, you can read the recap, get all the links to this one, and you can learn more about how I help people figure out what they want and how to get it, both for business or for planning to attend events. You can go to preeventplanning.com. And I am here every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific live, or you can find the the replays or subscribe to the Deb Show podcast at your favorite place to listen to podcasts. Friends, this has been really wonderful. I would love for you all, what just a final thought. Jen, what final thought would you like to leave everybody with? Hmm. Don't start with me. <laughs> That's not you a final thought. To know this question this was is a phrase of terror. No, I was ready for the gifting. I wasn't ready for the final thought. Okay, but Lisa, do you her. have a final thought? Do you feel like I can, bailing Jen out? I can go first if that's like, um, <laughs> although now I feel like I forgot my final thought. Um, okay, so personal goals. So I just reiterating, you will become more successful in your business and in your career when you prioritize yourself. So just remember, like Deb said at the beginning, self-care is not selfish, You have to take care of yourself first, especially if you're an entrepreneur. If you are empty and you can't take care of yourself, you cannot take care of your business. And so, like I said, last year, first year, I had focused on my personal. I grew my business 30% last year without even trying, literally just by enjoying the fact that I have a boyfriend and we bought a house last year, like sitting out on the back patio, hanging out with the owls that live in our backyard, like just like that is what helped me grow my business last year. So just a reminder, fill yourself up, take care of yourself, prioritize yourself, your business will grow, you will be more successful. Amazing. And true, living proof. There you go. Lisa, final thought. Sure. I think the other thing is, at least from my journey on this, has been to be kind to myself about things because I definitely will miss a day or I'll miss and I'll start to beat myself up and go, I see you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it consistently. This isn't something you're going to accomplish. And if you just are kind to yourself and talk to yourself the way that you would talk to other people, like I would never go to Bree and say, you're not going to accomplish that. That's what, I mean, I'm not going to say that to her because I'm not cruel to to other people. And so why do we say that stuff to ourselves? You know, I think our shaming ourselves can be, can be the biggest issue when it comes to goal, goal planning in any capacity, personal business, anything. Um, So I think just be kind to yourself and you'll be successful. And that was a really nice illustration. You, 
well, <laughs> and I frequently talk about setting appointments with yourself because you wouldn't cancel on other people. Why would you cancel on yourself? Yeah. Don't say something to someone else, to yourself, that you wouldn't say to someone else. Yeah. I think that really hits that idea home. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah. Ben, did we give you enough okay. time? You did. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, Brie and Lisa. Um, so kind of to add on to what Lisa was saying is this idea of just kind of don't give up. And remember, like, it is a process and you're going to fall off the wagon numerous times. All the habit change articles, every habit change study ever done on the face of the planet talks about like seven to 12 times of like honest to God, real effort before a habit even begins to stick. So do not give up. I, and I, I just added, life is a process, right? Life is a process. It is. One thing after another, after another. And you will get there with that. In again, just as important, if not more so, with personal goals than with those professional goals. Keep at it. Do little things. Those little pockets of time add up. And you will get where you want, need, and deserve to go. Um, thank you again, Elisa Sakai, Jen Santos, and Bree Seeley for joining me today. And if you're tuning in or listening, thank you for choosing yourself and your goals. And, you know, your life, your choice, your balance, go on out there and go for it. <laughs> we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.